This episode of Critical Hit is being brought to you by Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code CRITICALHIT at checkout. Hi, everyone. Before we get into the game this week, let's uh, check out an email from Claire. She, gives, I, she says, I began listening to Critical Hit after I started learning to play D&D 5e in early 2017, and I'm looking forward to making my way through the rest of the archives. I don't know if you're still doing mailbags, since I'm only on episode 223 so far, but I had to write uh, to blame you all for nearly crashing my car from laughing so hard I got oh, the no. cramps. First, uh, the gleeful peals of hilarity. Uh, due to Ket rolling a nat one and begging to submit to the parasitic sword, followed by the awful series of blood-relenting puns, and then the awesome image of the fabled kitten and his padre, and finally uh-huh. all the repetitions <laughs> of Wing Dang Doodle. I almost l- literally died laughing. <laughs> but you all have been keeping me awake during my hour-long commute to and from work every day, so I can't be too mad. Plus, if all the soreness in my midsection is an indication, you may get the credit for my new six-pack abs. I also have a philosophical question, which is threefold. The Mm. more I play, the more I find that each player in each DM has a preference for certain classes or races, and some have real aversions to others. For example, my current DM hates rogues, while our former DM hates monks. What is a race or class that you personally dislike playing, and why? And does it bother you as a player if someone else in your party plays that race or class? And are there different ones that annoy you uh, from a DM standpoint? Many thanks for all you do, even if the party has to bicker about every decision for a half hour before anything gets done. Sincerely, Claire. A half hour is a good day. All right. So let's just go around the table, starting with Brian. Mm. Um, Is there a racer class that you personally dislike playing and why? Mm, uh, I don't know if there's one I really particularly dislike. Other than maybe just uh, strikers that don't get like extra attacks, because I hate whiffing with those big damaging <laughs> attacks. Uh, I would say far more. I'm more annoyed by not so much race or classes that other people play at the table, but like say your chaotic neutral characters oh, right, that right, right. some people uh, yeah. where they or, their alignment isn't as particular. Yeah, yeah or the Malkavian. Yeah, chaotic or, neutral is like the biggest red flag I've ever seen in a yep. gamer. Run, run away from the chaotic neutrals. Rob, what about you? Is there a, a race or class that you personally dislike playing? Humans. <laughs> Why? Fair. Uh, usually they're boring. Like, hey. <laughs> also, humans suck in general. Uh, <laughs> that, that's for the real world. On the critical so hit therapy good. hour. Uh, no, hey, like, humans are almost always set up as the uh, neutral, yeah, yeah. you know, every man go to. It's like, okay. Right. I could do just anything, but. Or I could be Space Cow and. Right. You could be a, boring yogurt or you could be something wonderfully awesome and people want to be boring playing yogurt. Yeah, I guess. Some people like head cheese, so there you go. Um, I, I don't, since I haven't played a lot of races and classes, I really don't have an answer on this. But, and I know this is kind of a contradiction, uh, I created Orem based on you know what the book said. So Orem is, is very much follows a trope of what you expect an elf wizard to be. And I really kind of don't like having to play right to the stereotype of what that race or class is expected to be. And I kind of like it when it's able to branch out and people are able to do something maybe a little bit more interesting uh, with that character. Uh, not that I hate it. 
Yeah, fortunately, after 9,000 episodes, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, like width and breadth from Orem. Yeah, so yeah. that's yeah. that's the good thing about playing on an, an ongoing game is you get to play against the tropes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Rodrigo? Is there a racer class that you personally dislike playing? Uh, not really. I There are races and classes that I'm naturally drawn to. But I see the ones that I'm not naturally drawn to as a challenge. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, uh, I usually don't particularly care for bards mm. uh, for a few reasons. But playing a bard is interesting, right? It's like, it is. how do I play a bard in a way that is satisfactory to me? Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways... Uh, Chema is was a you know cleric type concept um, made, and I sat down and I was like, which of these options are going to give me a character that I actually want to play, um, as opposed to you know some other kind of uh, a, like maybe a more standard setup for a divine character um, where they're very spell heavy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I usually see. Um, uh, you know, usually I'll start exploring the the races and classes that I'm drawn to, and then after that, I'll usually spend some time looking at the ones that I'm not drawn to and see what's interesting or different about them, and what I would do because I come up with character concepts pretty much daily. Um, what I would do to basically make a character that I would enjoy playing in that race or class. Sam, do you have a uh, some thoughts on this? I don't like monks. Um, and I think that's hmm. probably because they're so similar to classes I really do like, particularly paladins and clerics. And mm-hmm. basically, anytime I would come up with a monk concept, I would just come up with a cleric or paladin concept I liked sure. better. Sure. Does it bother you if someone else in your party is playing a monk, though? Oh, no, not at all. The The only thing that ever bothers me that someone else plays is dwarf, because everyone always feels the need to do that with a Scottish <laughs> accent, and I'm just done with it. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew, finally, uh, do you have some thoughts here? Well, as a dwarf, I'd have to say that, well, this is a problem for me because I try really hard not to be Mr. Negative Guy. But if you actually ask me to be Mr. Negative Guy, I can talk for weeks. Um, I've always hated, and I don't know that they're still in fourth edition, the ninja subclasses. Uh, especially I mean, yeah, in the 1990s. In, in and fourth yeah. edition, you'd have to take a paragon path to be a ninja, or there's right. the two like different a, officially yeah, be a ninja. There's definitely an yeah. archetype of it in yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder. Yeah. You can yes, that, you can play a ninja absolutely 100 percent in any version of D anD. d There was yeah. two different versions of the assassin class for fourth edition, which was basically yeah. different ninjas. Yeah. And all of that, I mean, that's another one of those for me red flags, like chaotic neutral of I'm gonna mm-hmm. play a ninja. All right, we'll look out for you, Randy. But, you know, if I was really going to... That's not a real person out there anywhere, I'm sure. Cause oh, our totally, next email is coming from Randy. <laughs> Dear Matthew. Here's, here's the thing. The real <laughs> truth. Matthew, what's your favorite ninja? <laughs> what does Matthew hate in gaming? Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say this because I'm old and because I was playing uh, the games in 1992 when many of my colleagues were not yet born. I hate, with a passion, a fiery passion, of a thousand hot suns bordering upon hysterical pregnancy, I hate psionics in Dungeons and Dragons. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so against that. I love psionics. Psionics. <laughs> Huge so fan. Much. Oh, God, I hate psionics. We're going to fight now. You and me are going to fight, Nelson. We're just going to... That is that is interesting. I the 100% know what strong, strong opinions about psionics really kind of... Uh, and, and you know, I don't, I don't mean this in any sort of negative way. They really date a person, because uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. You can call me old. You're well, old. I mean, you know, if you if you came up through second edition, second edition psionics were nuts. Yes. I mean, really, really nuts. Yes. To the like, point where, like, there's no people. reason for anybody to not be psionic, and there's, you know, there's sort of no cap to the power level either in later editions you know when scions basically became a class where you had to like take class levels and and basically expend the same level of the same amount of resources that you would to be a wizard um they really just became point-based wizards and have been ever since pretty much yeah, and what what drew me to psionics is that uh, the three five psionic uh, psychic warrior is basically everything I've always wanted to play, because I love the idea of a magic using fighter, and at the time there just wasn't anything that really was that functional for that. Plus, uh, really earthbound made made it for <laughs> me so that I was like, why can't you just have psychics in a in an RPG setting, mm-hmm. what if what if you just got rid of arcane magic and just had psionic people, right? So it's like you know, there it, that, that's a thing. Thematically speaking, it's not bad. That's basically what Jedi are. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, psionics are um, kind of their own thing in each edition, and I def- I definitely don't like. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight Matthew about how terrible psionics can be. If you would like to fight Matthew, podcast at majorspoilers.com. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, philosophical question, friend. Claire. I'm right. sure we will hear more from our listeners on uh, on your email. This episode of Critical Hit is being brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon was founded because they wanted more out of the basics and always questioned how something so essential could be such a pain in the rear end to buy. So Mack Weldon started from scratch and engineered their own fabrics and made sure that the design process was meticulous so you can count on the fit being the same each time. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Now, I had a chance to check out some of the Mack Weldon products. I got a couple of pairs of uh, underwear, some socks, and I got a really cool hat that I just love. When I go out walking in the morning, I put on a hat so that when the sun uh, comes up, it's not hitting me right in the face. But the problem with wearing a hat is I my head gets overheated so quickly. But this hat that I got is ventilated on the sides and the back. It feels like I'm not wearing a hat at all, yet my eyes are shaded from the sun. It's it's so cool. And what I liked best is it was so easy to find this product on the Mac Weldon website. In just a couple of clicks, I was able to find the products that I wanted. I was able to check out sizes and made sure that they matched up with me and then proceed to check out. It was that easy. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, T-shirts, undershirts, hoodies and sweatpants and more that you will ever wear. I'm wearing a pair of Mack Weldon socks right now. Oh, it's like walking on air. Seriously. And when I put on miles and miles and miles uh, every day, having a pair of these Mack Weldon socks makes walking so, so comfortable. 
Mack Weldon even has a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they get rid of the stinky parts. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, too, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you, no questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, shirts look good, they perform well, too. As I said, I've been working out with the socks, the underwear, the hat. It just feels good. That's all I can say. I like these products from Mack Weldon. You can check out Mack Weldon yourself by going to MacWeldon.com. M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N. Look and see what they have. Throw some things in your shopping cart. And as a special offer for you, you can get 20% off your first order when you visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code CRITICALHIT at checkout. That's MacWeldon.com. Enter the code CRITICALHIT at checkout for 20% off your first order. Slip on a pair of the socks, put on a hat, or some one of these hoodies, and see how good Mac Weldon is. Thanks, Mac Weldon, for sponsoring this episode of Critical Hit. Welcome back to Critical Hit, a major spoilers podcast. Oh, it is so wonderful to have you here with us again this week. And uh, hey, we've got two dead people. <laughs> and uh, some weird stuff going on in the graveyard. <laughs> to be fair, we started off dead. Yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like it's new. That yes. We have two yes. They're yes. only mostly dead. Mostly dead. Which is still slightly alive. <laughs> Which is slightly alive. <laughs> All right. So we left left off last time. On Critical Hit. Uh, On critical, critical Hit. hit. Critical Hit. <laughs> critical Hit. Uh, the uh, proxy Sorry, was... Dead coming into the uh, graveyard, uh, but uh, we established that Alana uh, had time to re-channel, and uh, with a strong success, she now holds four. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and use uh, two of those to put armor on me and uh, Karani's crew. Alright. And uh, we'll just uh, say that uh, a bit of that uh, shielding has was also <laughs> helping to uh, cause them to be somewhat less noticed and therefore cool. overlooked by the rest of the shenanigans that was going on and how <laughs> thanks to no. the help of your brother and Klaus, they were not disturbed as of yet. You don't have to refer to our heroic Ness as shenanigans. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I kind of think I do. Though. I kind of call it like it is. Yes. If our roles had been better, it probably wouldn't have been shenanigans. But yes, with as uh, terrible as the dice were treating us, I'm, I'm with Brian yeah. on this one. I, <laughs> you know kinda, what? Kinda diminishing returns there. Brian uh, should know how it feels to have the dice betray him. <laughs> well, yes. That's just why it's great when it happens saying, to other people. Yeah. Uh, Brian, <laughs> in this system, Brian doesn't have to roll. Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes. Uh, any other uh, preparations? <sighs> I call an airstrike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Professor's been in his car a long time. He may need some uh, preparation. <laughs> I mean, I'll have my gun out. I've got my channeling. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other debts I can call in, but I think I... I think, uh, yeah, uh, the proxy can uh, wander in uh, within this uh, bit of a circus that's going on uh, uh, there on the north side. And uh, 
Are you uh, at all trying to be stealthy or anything? No, no. I'm uh, just, you know, walking in, hands hands in pockets. Um, whistling. Wearing an ice cream suit and a Panama hat. Kind of. Uh, no, it's it's mostly a suit with a cool vest and uh, like a, a, a very thoroughly picked out hipster style haircut. <laughs> All right, so uh, you see the proxy walk out. As I think described. you are greeted in uh, classic fashion with uh, uh, by Alana Lorio, who's got gun in one hand and uh, the beginnings of like a fireball in the other. <laughs> nice. I'll uh, I'll walk to a respectable distance. Alana, chap. We uh, heard you've had a bit of trouble with the law. Heard you've had a little problem with your infrastructure. Yes, well, you can scrub and scrub and scrub and you still get rats. What exactly are you hoping to accomplish here? I'm hoping to undo your work. You know that's going to take a lot of work. Yes, but tonight I can buy time. So we suppose this is going to be a strong no on the offer then? Afraid so. We've got a killer dental plan. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Well, um... These uh, men and women are causing a lot of problems for me right now. Uh, Would you like to clear them or should I? No, I don't think so. I think you'll leave or we'll fight. Well, we were hoping it wouldn't come to that. So was I, but look, you could leave You could rebuild. You've done it before. You could find another city. I don't know that I'll find you. You know, if somehow that did end up happening, I would hope you would. (laughs) You're, if you fight me here, the commotion you made with the police out there, it'll spill in. They'll see what you are. They will see some known cultists dealing with a monster. There is no way that this ends well for you unless you take my deal. And you must be very concerned about what I'm doing here if you showed up in person. We are. Like I said, very impressed with your mounting resume. <laughs> shall we? Let us show. Okay. And I will unleash. <laughs> All right. I'll let you roll that. Cool. 
I am using the dark arts. So I'm unleashing with uh, psychic energies using my spirit. I succeed strongly. Ouch. All right. So with an unleash uh, on a hit, you inflict harm and uh, you can choose to inflict terrible harm or take something from them. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't even know what I would take from him at this point. No, my cool glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's going to be terrible harm. Ooh. Uh, and how how does that look? Uh, so basically, she the like little flickers of flame that had been building in her hand just like arc out, um, and it's fire because it's dark magic, just like a little bit tinged with. Uh, blackness and is effectively an elementalism attack. So um, it is two to two. Yeah, I am unleashing with my magic as a weapon, which will do three harm in a close area to him. <laughs> uh, three harm uh, before the. Yeah, before the. Uh, All right, so that'd be harm. four harm uh, coming in. Okay, I got one armor, so I'll reduce that to three. <laughs> all right well uh you get uh pretty well scorched uh by her magic uh you wish to respond uh well enter my demonic form all right so i will roll with blood roll with blood partial success okay on a nine I choose one, uh, so I will um, uh, I will gain plus one armor. Plus one armor, all right. Okay, and all right. since I'm working on a job for my patron, I will choose one more. All right. And I will uh, get my demonic weapon. All right, uh, which uh, option? Uh, the three harm hands. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Ouch. Close range. And, yep. And then I will mark corruption and choose one more. Mm-hmm. And uh, heal two harm. <laughs> Fair mm. enough. Wow. Yes. So basically, as her flames uh, just wrap around you. Uh, your human guys kind of just burns away, uh, reducing a good bit of that fire damage. And uh, you're a flaming wheel there again. Uh, Alana, seeing this, will yell, Professor, if you're going to do something, do it. If not, get the other guys back in play. <laughs> the door to the Chevy kicks open. <laughs> <laughs> An old man comes out. With a pair of shears. <laughs> now I have a question. Uh-huh. When I unleash, how much damage does an unleash do? Uh, well, it depends on what weapon you're wielding. The shears. The shears. Well, uh, the shears are going to be just one damage, but it is armor piercing, so it okay. will. Avoid. So, how much more does he have left? Uh, I believe he I just healed too, so yes. uh, uh, so he's got like should have four damage. more. Yeah. Oh, he has four more damage. Yes. Yeah, he's got. He took three from Alana's attack, 
So unless he still had harm from something previously, which is very unlikely. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he healed two. How often so can you use your one. scholar moves? Well, uh, as... okay. I pull a chalice <laughs> out of my bag. Uh-huh. <laughs> I point it at the demon. Mm-hmm. Old scratch. It's time for you to go. <laughs> and I unleash with wielding the arcane. <laughs> when you unleash, uh, when you unleash to invoking an arcane item or relic, you may choose to treat your roll as a ten plus without rolling. The item is permanently and obviously damaged or consumed by this process. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! I uh, like it. All right. So with the ten plus, you get to choose: uh, take something from him or inflict terrible damage. Uh, inflict terrible damage. <laughs> All right. Fancy. Uh, and because the professor was smoking his pipe in the car, as he's stepping out, there's just smoke billowing out. <laughs> oh, sure. And his theme music plays. Uh, didn't see what What's his theme music? Uh, right now, he happened to be turned to 70s on 7, and they were playing... Uh, <laughs> I will say, uh, we'll make the sacrifice of that item uh, with the terrible damage, uh, three harm towards him. Okay. Wow. Can I eat two of that? Two of it? Yeah. Okay. I have one armor, and then my demonic form, I picked an additional point of armor. Uh, you have one automatically, then yes. Yep. <laughs> Although you, I thought you said the shears were armor-piercing. Uh, no, I used the, uh, oh, I used the uh, chalice first. Got it, got it. He hasn't used the shears. Fair enough. Yet. Yeah, stabbing with the shears would just be an armor piercing, one harm, mm-hmm. basically a knife. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, <laughs> the uh, professor there uh, seemed to had your uh, chalice, uh, but uh, basically it uh, burst into a bright light that he tosses like a sphere and uh, sticks you for a good damage. Oh, so that's what it does. Alana or uh, actually Proxy why don't you uh, let me know (laughs) what you wish to do now I will say well who is this (laughs) and and that should remove the skin from his body oh gonna unleash at him yeah okay Uh, unleash towards the professor Mm-hmm. And how oh, did you just? Oh, there it is. Okay. <sighs> Partial success. So uh, you two get to choose uh, inflict terrible harm or take something from them. I'll go with terrible harm. Actually, mm. what do those shears look like? You can't see them. They're in my bag. Are they in your bag? I yep. thought they were in your hand. Okay. No, I had the chalice in my hand. Oh, well, then I'll do terrible harm. <laughs> oh. This might hurt, Professor. He has to prepare himself. Can I... Can I use Keep Your Cool to ward off this attack? Or not? I'll uh, let you... uh, Well, what did he succeed? 876. You can try to get in the way. Sure, I'll try to get in the way. With power? I want him to get in the way. Uh, Wild. With wild. wild, okay. Oh, I missed. Ooh, so uh, yeah, he <laughs> gets you good. Uh, so, all right, uh, Rodrigo, uh, you're inflicting terrible harm. 
Yeah, so that's one yeah. additional, right? Yes. So that will be four. Four to the professor. I will take a um, a scar. I will take shattered. Okay. And not Ooh. take any of that harm. <laughs> but a bit of your sanity slips away. A little bit. <laughs> shattered is like with it's... blood. Hmm. All right, and uh, also on a seven through nine, uh, choose one. Uh, they inflict harm on you, or you find yourself in a bad spot. Oh, I'm definitely a bad spot. Okay, so you choose a bad spot. All right, well, uh, yeah, I think uh, you're uh, leaving yourself uh, pretty open there. Uh, so, sure. Uh, Alana, do you wish to take advantage of an opening here? Oh, I do. Um, so I am going to uh, try to seal the deal. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, she will, uh, now seeing his demonic form, uh, fully unleashed, uh, shape using the last of her channeled power, uh, push it into the like wheel and basically like create fragments of ice that are just jutting into its spokes. (laughs) Nice. Not my spokes. (laughs) No. and i will again use dark magic all right you know what it costs to get bespoke Um, so unleash with the spirit yep oh Oh. Oh, wait no that was i was rolling keep your cool i'm sorry Uh, oh but it's the same roll all right that's terrible but you got a zero mod on spirit that's uh, not a roll. Three, the three minus... is the mod. Oh, okay. Let's so oh, there it three. is. Roll to three. Uh, three plus three, six. Okay. Now, uh, could I have? Um, could basically the him being in a bad spot like count as uh, a lend of hand to push that into a seven? <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, that'll uh, just mean that the shot basically goes wild, and uh, basically you avoid. Could the uh, professor lend a hand? No, uh, not uh, with uh, uh, <laughs> him uh, also missing with his previous role. Fair I think, enough. I think uh, this will largely give the proxy his own opening to react now. So, proxy, uh, <laughs> what do you wish to do here? Uh, she just tried to send uh, ice shards your way. Um, I will, I guess, try to eat the professor. He's super <laughs> missed. <laughs> All right. Um, leash upon him further. Yeah. Uh, hum- oh, crap. 12. So, yes. Uh, do you wish to inflict terrible harm or take something from him? Uh, yeah, I'll just... Uh, actually, I'll take his little bag. <laughs> mm. Take his yeah. accent. That'd be funny. Ah. <laughs> take his cell phone. That He's way too attached to it. Uh, yeah. Eh, I'll so. let him... Actually, I'll let him keep the bag and I'll just inflict terrible harm. Inflict <laughs> terrible Okay. Uh, I just want to hear you making phone calls. My dearest Satan. <laughs> You sure you don't want to take the bag? (laughs) Probably not with that opening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
All right. So that's four harm coming in. Uh, yes. Four harm coming in. Ugh. All right. I will. I will take a scar and take a disfigurement. <laughs> yes. Oh well. Ouch. Your skin this is not bubbles a good fight and for the and... All right. Just. So, uh, can I get a word in? All right. Uh, the proxy will say, uh, we don't know what you have in this fight, but it's not worth it. Maybe to you, demon, but to me, it's worth everything. I reach into my bag and I pull out a spoon of poison detection. (laughs) And uh, I unleash once more with the arcane at a 10 plus, burning the power of this thing out completely. <laughs> oh, that's why you picked up that item. <laughs> it's like you will be fuel for a vicious attack later. Uh, <laughs> he has two armor. Uh, Does he still something. have two armor? I, Does the armor yeah. not go away? No. No. Yeah, it's just permanent See, damage reduction. Yeah, you might want to just try to stab him with the shears, considering his um, DR is real yeah, good. That, that's a very minor magic item, so doing that's not really going to phase him. Ooh, okay. Uh, Are you sure it's not? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it's Seems not. unlikely, unless it's you roll extremely well. Even with the terrible well. harm. Well, he automatically rolls a 10, according oh, to yeah, sure. automatically roll a 10. At the cost of destroying the but item. But the thing is, I mean... Uh, it's not gonna. I mean, so it'll do. It'll one damage will get through. Mm. No damage will get through if I use the shears. Well, no, the, the shears, shears are piercing. Yeah, exactly. The shears will pierce. Ignore the armor. Will will the uh, device activate? Will the shears activate, or will they burn out? They won't burn out. Uh, it'll now. Take... Here, yeah, here's my question: If he tries to use the shears, is he going to have to unleash with blood? No, uh, because um, the unleash, it's a ten plus without rolling. Well, that's if right. you destroy. That'll destroy. That's yeah. if you destroy yeah, the yeah. item. Yeah. Can you destroy the item to power an attack with a different item? No. <laughs> It'd just be that would be the attack. Yeah, it's when you unleash by invoking an arcane item or relic, you may choose to treat your roll as a 10 plus. The item is permanently and obviously damaged to consume or consume in this process. But how much damage will it do? The shears? Will it, ta- will it take him down? If, I don't know if it'll take him down, but it'll be a uh, significant power that you're burning. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could stab him with the shears and also damage the shears because you might be able I mean you might not get yeah, but all my the blood good is, life essence my blood is now minus two. Oh. <laughs> oh. so yeah that's what I'm saying is like use the shears uh, in in this effect and like hope that you get enough of whatever the shears are going to give you so just, wield, that, so just burn them out yeah burn them out and but like oh. hope that you can use the shears as a conduit on the attack oh okay so what are you doing? Uh, looks like a looks like in one hand I have a little spoon, mm-hmm. but secretly <laughs> in my other hand I've pulled out the shears and I'm channeling everything through it. So Good are job. you just attacking with the shears? Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, 
So you're not destroying the shears, or are you? <sighs> Man, this is going to be a tough roll if I roll with blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be an impossible roll if you roll uh, with blood. No, maybe not. Uh, you got a negative two? Yeah. And you're rolling he could He could roll dub- double sixes, and that would be a Ten. full-on success. <laughs> he could. <laughs> yes, sure. he could. He could do a lot of things. combatants are down in the street. (laughs) Okay. That's why. Think about it this way. All you want is to use the shears. I know I do, but I want to use them so I can become young again. (laughs) Yeah. So here's, here's, yeah, try to use them and burn them at the same time. Yeah. Try to do both. See if Brian will let you get away with that. Will Brian let Uh, me get away with both? (laughs) No. You can either attack (laughs) or destroy blast. Uh, How well, then the here's the question. Your does the youth, youth thing work immediately? Or the world? Yeah, I know. That's the, that's the thing the professor is weighing here. Oh. I will also put okay. forth another suggestion, which is that if you save the world, there is a vampire you're friends with. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, old bodies that's are not been, as that's, fun yeah, as that's young bodies. That's been an bodies. option for a while. Yeah. yeah. O- old bodies are not as fun as young bodies. <laughs> um, You know what? I've got one more trick up my sleeve. Okay. That if this fails to kill him, that I will have to that I will have to pull out I will have to pull out. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and sacrifice this weapon All right. for a guaranteed you know Clamastat. Yeah, I've guaranteed wield the arcane. Just burn this thing out as hard as I can. All right. Uh, if you're destroying the shears, that's going to be five harm. Uh, and uh, if this acts as a 10 plus, uh, do you wish to inflict terrible harm? I or? wish to inflict terrible harm. So I'd be... steal something from him. Five harm is insta-gibbed since it's piercing. Steal his power! Like, if it's uh, inflicting five harm just flat, right? Yes. But he's got two armor. It's piercing. Yeah. It goes through the armor. It ignores the armor completely. I will say that, yes. Also, he's already got two damage marked on him. Take his Yeah, but he'll be dead. He's going to take a scar, just like you have the last two times he smacked you around. (sighs) Well, what powers does does he have? What items does he have? Yeah. I have no idea. Cool shades? I don't know, man. (laughs) Cool shades aren't going to do anything. Uh, Rock and roll, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can... uh, Think a bit more abstractly. Yeah, you can take, take this place from him or his plan. You can cause something that like will disrupt the ley lines, maybe. Oh, or there you go. Yeah. Or fortify the ley lines. Yeah, or... no, I don't think we want to fortify the ley lines. We want these ley lines disrupted. And what you found out at the uh, at the Soul Soul was that those lines were being converged, and just simple. You know, simple things like destroying that park or the park being built was moving the ley lines. Mm -hmm. So we're going to send out, when this thing goes, it's going to take from from this demon thing, all of the work that he has done in the city is going to die and corrupt itself. (laughs) Thus breaking the ley line and shifting them out of phase. I think that that seems like a big ass. This is a big, powerful, all-consuming weapon. Okay, it kind of is. Uh, 
Ignite. The ley lines ignite a gas main. <laughs> and the explosions. <laughs> the ley lines ignite a printer. <laughs> the ley lines. They turn this into a fire opportunity. Everything right. is an opportunity for fire if you're creative enough. I, uh, I think I'll allow this to the point where... Uh, basically, this burst of energy will provide enough juice to uh, basically finish the uh, ritual that uh, Karani and the group are uh, performing at this time. Uh, Which will then indict a castmate. No. Uh, basically, uh, it won't take away all of his work. I mean, he can basically start fresh and like with another month's work you'd be able to uh, actually finish this plan but it would be a significant step a drawback where uh, there's no immediate danger from the ley line energy yes Uh, so on my last attack I filled up my corruption track which gives me another corruption move okay which I would when you say the last attack, because uh, I believe with the corruption move you've been using, you just pres- spend a one corruption for the scene to then be able to cast with soul. Uh, that's not how I read it. No, it's more corruption. Wizard. It doesn't say anything about scene-based. It's uh, just every time you use it, you do that. Well, I was looking as far at as the I know. book here. When you unleash with magic or psychic energies, mark corruption to roll with spirit instead of blood. Oh, when, uh, if it says the book that it's just one when per When you unleash scene. an attack with magic or psychic energies, mark corruption to roll with spirit instead of blood for the rest of the scene. Uh, all right, never oh. mind then. That was my, my I had a cool idea, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, cause if I if I could take another corruption move, I was going to take warding and then ward the place. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, uh, that could be an option, but. Uh, Anyways, but I'm, there's, I'm happy there's someone with this dark and powerful offering you a deal right in front of you. Yeah, but I have to take it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to honor it. Uh. <laughs> so you do. So the ritu- but the ritual is complete. Yep. Yeah, ritual okay. is complete. So What's happening taking, now? Uh, basically, he is taking uh, your progress from you at this time. So your plans aren't completely foiled, but they are significantly pulled back. Where okay, and and this happens because he uses the shears yes. and channels through to burn them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and take something from you. And it, so the shears, uh, what what do they do? What are their what's what's their deal? Uh, well, the deal was that they were a conduit for uh, basically. Life and well, youth yeah, and eternity uh, and youth. Yeah, eternal oh, youth as long okay. as. Uh, but they're gone now. <laughs> yeah, the professor gave up his youth and, to uh, try to save the world. And their energy so, completed the spell it? that Karani was trying to do to disrupt. Yeah, we'll I don't. See. I don't know that he did. No. No, Brian, well, step into the left channel with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, five damage. Sure. Okay. Um, so five damage would destroy me unless I take a scar. Scar, but somebody did just open up a conduit, right? Yes. I'm going to say that destroys me. 
That destroys you. Okay. Yes. With the additional thing that the professor actually does become young and beautiful. (gasps) Oh, no. With with you inside him? Oh, one would hope. (laughs) But but we'll leave that open. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I hate you so much. There's a huge flash of light. Uh, Basically, a column of light shoots up into the sky and envelops the area. Uh, (laughs) Various uh, restless spirits uh, relax and kind of fade into the ground. Uh, Police who have been uh, staring in awe at this firefight uh, are blinded momentarily. Uh, Crony kind of runs up and says, "We should probably run now." Oh yeah. <laughs> Ian rolls over the body bag and goes, "We should probably run now." <laughs> <laughs> Are we in body bags at this point? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I think you can get one out of one pretty easily. Hop, 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 hop. I think you can get out of one pretty easily. Oh yeah, no, both of us. Is the body bag potato sack race? No problem. <laughs> I love this game. This is the stealth uh, portion of the game. You guys crawl like worms, and then when somebody looks, you're supposed to like go down. Otherwise, the whistle is blown. Yeah. Otherwise, the whistle is blown, and the uh, the level starts over. That only works with cardboard boxes. So yes, you all are able to get away from the scene of the crime or the scene. Okay. I think Uh, it's time for the professor to leave. Here is a very young. 20-something man with dark, slick hair. He takes his glasses off and tosses them aside. He's mm-hmm. wearing some old man clothes, which looks a little out of character, but he picks up his satchel. He gets in, the, in his car, drives off into oh. the uh, sunrise. <laughs> the phone rings. Mm-hmm. We're listening. <laughs> I knew it was coming and it scared me. This is me clapping. This is how I'm clapping. Yes. Oh my <sighs> god, Steven, yes. And he even used his young voice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Credits roll. Sorry, I, yes. Your uh uh grindhouse music comes up. <laughs> You've been watching Haze of Shadows on the 4 p.m. movie here on Oh, KBSA. no, this would not be a 4 p.m. movie. This would be like your CBS Fright Night <laughs> on Friday night, 11 p.m. To, <laughs> or maybe 1 a.m., maybe. Uh-huh. Thanks for watching Count Floyd's 3D House of Haze. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody satisfied with that ending? I hope. I yes. love oh, yeah. that ending so much. That was great. <laughs> oh, Schleicher, your ear for drama is seldom as piercing <laughs> as it was in that moment. Oh, my God. Uh, I think the title of this last episode will be We're Listening. Oh. <laughs> Are you? I, I'm, I'm not going to say this often, but right now I bow to the master, man. That was perfect. <laughs> man, All right. I was totally prepared to die myself and then end move curse the proxy if that ca- if it came to it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was hoping to get I was gonna light more things at on least fire, one person's but... end move here. So, okay, so I've got a question yes. in this because maybe I wasn't looking at these corruption moves correctly. So I have to fill up a corruption track before I take a corruption move. That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you use a corruption then? Because that's not something that I was able to do. 
I just uh, take a I just take a corruption, and what does that what does that do for my character? Well, you can uh, as uh, you become let corrupted, yeah. you are able to get the corruption moves. I know, yeah. but I mean, if I just say I'm going to do something well, that's you have one corruption move, which right. is basically swindle people, right, 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 uh, using which, their lack of which I probably should have been using more of, like the little woman certain that, that you got that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, you should have at least had. I a, don't. I was not marking them then. Yeah. But like the corruption because I was, was really I, hoping as the last thing that I could have done to pull out of my pocket if everything went to heck was interested parties, mm-hmm. and I would have flavored it as, you know, Deo really <laughs> enjoys his tutoring. <laughs> <laughs> nice, if you know what I mean. And uh, he has a father that, or an uncle, an uncle that uh, may have an interest in keeping his nephew happy. <laughs> um. Okay, so here's the thing. I thought you did a fantastic job, Brian, mm-hmm. in this. Um, I I I enjoyed this game. Uh-huh. I I'm not sure I enjoy this system a hundred percent. It's really really different. Yes. Um, and I may be saying that only because in the way that this game moved, there was a lot of everybody's on their own doing their own thing. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of uh, made it feel weird to me. Yeah, that is a bit weird. That's also was one of the major deciding factors in deciding mm-hmm. to run this game because mm-hmm. uh, when I run games, I do like to bring things that are far less traditional uh, just to uh, spice it up. Spice it yeah, up yeah, to sure. expose a wider spectrum oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of RPG gaming. Uh, and uh, yes, I. Not only is the uh, powered by the apocalypse system pretty uh, non-traditional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this particular iteration, with its far looser group construction, uh, takes it even farther away from that. Yeah, and- yeah. So don't get me wrong. I enjoyed playing this game, mm-hmm. and, I, and if someone said, "Hey, would you want to play Urban Shadows again?" I would probably do it, but I would mm-hmm. go in with a little bit of hesitation on. You know, is yeah. this, you know, how is this going to be played out again or different yeah. or whatever? So, but otherwise, I, I, I like the system. I understand it. It's very easy to, to learn and to move through. Um, so from that, from that standpoint, you know, I liked it. Um, it's probably third or fourth on my list of the games that we've played. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, this is really something of an odd duck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was really different. I mean, if people really, really want something totally different i think this is a game to kind of explore and test out and we've had some people Mm -hmm. write in asking you know how do you do this i want to do this i want to play this i really think you need to just jump into it now the one thing that the one thing that uh listeners don't know is that rob when were you in vegas last um what was the time period that was july through or not july january through may so Last January of 2017, was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was driving Brian back and forth from his house to Critical Hit and Munchkin Land Nights. And he was trying to figure out, so should we do the Serpent Shadows? I got this idea and blah, da 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 And it was literally 11 months later mm-hmm. before we were able to play this game. So you've been yeah. thinking about this game for a long time. Yes. And I think I, you did a, a fantastic job of, of setting everything up. 
there are times, and I and I know because of the way that we serialize this and yeah. people aren't here listening to our entire game sessions, I think there are things that the players, though, did that were like, uh, I think it's time we need to stop for tonight because I need yes. to recalibrate some stuff. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that? Can you uh, talk about that? Yeah, I mean, the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games, they're definitely written with the intention to be a very uh, improvisational system. Uh, like one of the uh, tenets in many of them is create problems, not solutions. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, one of the uh, bigger Powered by the Apocalypse games is Dungeon World, which is a far more traditional Dungeons & Dragons-esque game, but using this system. And so, uh, basically, it says, uh, if you're going to put, like, a magical door in a dungeon, don't uh, write up how to open the door, make the players figure that out, mm-hmm. and let the roles kind of determine if they're successful or not. Mm-hmm. So, uh which is a big change from many traditional games. Right. Uh, now, it still uh, suggests, you know, doing uh, preparations. So, uh, basically, the strengthen uh, your improvisations so you know where to go when these weird twists and turns. And that's really what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, like I say, I kind of decided that the uh, beginning of move or beginning of session move was a bit too much uh, mm-hmm. new information to throw into a game. Oh, sure, sure. That you know, uh, I had to, wanted to put it at the end where I could better incorporate it mm-hmm. with the week's thinking. Uh, yeah, there there's just a lot of times where things would happen, or I would kind of try to work to a point for a good stopping point, but things would keep vert. It's swerving away from that mm-hmm. and it's just a yeah. very kind of difficult with the more freeform and yeah. loose structure of this game a lot of times yeah uh, i think i think it's been said before but i would not want to play this game without knowing my fellow players oh, yeah, yeah, as yeah, well yeah, as yeah, we yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. and also if if i were to ever play this game again I would I wouldn't necessarily want to collaborate but I would want to know what you guys were bringing to the table a little more than we did going in mm-hmm. sure because I I feel like my conceptualization of of what I thought I was doing didn't really fit with the general tapestry of what we were doing so you know we we I think we all made changes in the fly as we went so yeah yeah little by little sure I did find I think- Oh, go ahead. Matthew's playbook in particular to be a very weird mm-hmm. addition. Infuriating? Yes. Well, it's, I don't know, it added, you know, made it a lot more of an action movie, so to speak, which I kind of feel like kind of paid out here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, well, you can, so you can blame the me podcast. for the for this uh, entire thing ending in tears, flame, and, and bullets is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, Thanks, Brent. I, bl- I mean, I don't think it's entirely your fault. No. But... <laughs> I think we all kind of brought it here together. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, I'm putting most of the blame on Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, here's the other thing that a lot of people have also commented on is this is the first game that they've encountered where – it's not players against NPCs. Yeah. You actually put players against players in this case. And I don't know if that's what you intended, but it's certainly a different way to approach this game that it was surprised me because someone's going to win and someone's going to lose when you do that. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can take away some of the fun. It potentially can, yes. Uh, I mean, 
I don't know if I necessarily put players versus players. Uh, well, Rodrigo. you said me to go disrupt Rodrigo's uh, meeting, at which I, point I realized what Rodrigo was doing was horrible. Can, <laughs> and can I, I just like, say that well, from the perspective of the old guy in the room, Brian didn't set that up. Rodrigo did. Brian oh, sure. made Brian, Brian and engage what Rodrigo was doing and let that happen. But Rodrigo can tell me whether or not I, I'm right on this. I think Rodrigo set himself up for that to be the thing because that was, I think, the the, the real deci- defining moment for me is when he's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally evil, you guys. So um, here's, here's how things went, if I recall correctly. Uh, Brian said, we're playing Urban Shadows. Here are the playbooks. I looked through and I was like, I want to play the Tainted. Um, and Brian's like, okay, what's your deal? And so I told him my deal, which is you guys are all aware of it now. And he's like, oh, wow, that's horrifying. Um, I think you're setting yourself up to be the main antagonist of this thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Rodrigo seemed to be uh, you know, wanting to play the Tainted and go fully into the skid of being the pawn of evil and not have the conflicted nature that's kind of written into it. Yeah, the kind of written book. into it, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, establish a definitively evil situation and see how the players responded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It, yeah. It's just one of those things, like, it was... Um, this has been an incredibly stressful few, like, weeks for me. <laughs> and I'm very eager that? to get back into the main game because, um, you know, first I was running and that was really stressful. And mm-hmm. then I was in a battle of wills against Rodrigo and that was extraordinarily stressful. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really, I'm good. I'm looking forward to just stabbing things and making fun of Matthew for a while. Hey! Uh, we didn't stop <laughs> making fun of Matthew. Hey! In fact, I yeah, predict we'll be but, making but, even more fun of Matthew. At this no. point, I had to like worry. It's like, well, if I make fun of Matthew too much, will he sell me out to Rodrigo? <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> Brian, uh, like Stephen was talking about, uh, once I got back, I take Brian home most mm-hmm. uh, critical hit nights. Anyways, mm-hmm. and we had discussed one. I basically did the exact opposite of what Brian expected to me to do every time he put a major decision in my path. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Like every single time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I just remember when Brian first brought it up and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of setting this in Haze and there's going to be all these things. And he was explaining Urban Shadows. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, so what are some of the characters that you play? And he's listing them off. You know, they're a scholar. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to play. So, I mean, it was like <laughs> locked in for me a long time yes. ago that that's, uh, that's a character that I wanted to play. God, I was probably. I guess I wasn't the last one to choose a playbook, but <laughs> Matthew and I kind of chose ours like within a day of each other. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games can be a little tricky because even though they uh, present these playbooks in a very archetypical ar- archetypical way, mm-hmm. uh, they really do have like their own uh, built-in story that it's mm-hmm. pushing towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, even though if the archetype sounds good, you kind of want to, I would yeah, suggest for any it. players read through it, see if that story that they got built into it fits what the archetype you're wanting to do. If not, there's probably yeah. another playbook that even though the title doesn't quite match what you want to be, the story probably does better. Yeah. Uh, there's uh yeah this game is just very interesting i'm definitely uh, i don't know if i'm going to be doing too much more uh urban shadows but i'd be at least willing to try a few more 
powered by the Apocalypse systems. Yeah, th- that seems like a really interesting system from the things that I've read and a couple of the other game systems that I've read look kind of interesting yeah, from that uh, aspect. I liked Urban Shadows. I do feel that uh, it probably would suit better for a smaller group. Yeah. Like uh, how small? Maxed out at three, three or four. Players. Three or four. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just because... Um, it- Another thing that I found interesting about this is because it was so, um, in some ways, PvP and in some ways very solo-minded. Like, if this mm-hmm. was, a, was a game that I was playing not on a podcast, I feel mm-hmm. like there would be a lot of solo sessions or yeah. like one or two mm-hmm. player yeah. sessions. Or, yeah, this um, is actually whereas, a pretty good, uh, like, play-by-post type of game. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Or a game uh, except, where you, except you, know, you have you to like decide together. what a session is. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, right, the right. core rulebook uh, presents the idea of love letters, which is kind of like introducing a play-by-post structure in between sessions to mm-hmm. kind of my dearest GM. Yeah. Uh, exactly yeah. that. They kind of use that kind of phrasing and yeah. <laughs> so, Sam, what did you think of this game? What did you like and not like about Urban Shadows? Not necessarily the game that, uh, uh, or maybe the game that Brian presented. What what were some of the likes and, and dislikes about this game and system and everything? Uh, well, I thought I'd like Wizard, and I really did. I just <laughs> thought it was a very uh, versatile class. I thought having a bunch of spells was really neat. Um, I, I honestly find the game a little amorphous uh, for my mm-hmm. taste. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm a pretty big on crunch gamer, and yeah. it, a lot of times it was like very unclear kind of what the the boundaries of your success and failures really meant and um it seemed in some ways a little bit limiting um and it it did also feel like the the limit the very small kind of dice pools and mods we were working with resulted in a lot of uh swinginess uh, mm-hmm. you know where people would have like lots of misses in a row or a lot of partial successes that don't really do anything um, so I, I think that would be maybe at like I feel like we're almost in low level play considering how many advances there are on these sheets uh, yeah. so that might be kind of why everything feels a little weak and wobbly um, uh, I would uh, fess up to say that some of that is kind of my running uh, like misses and partial successes a lot of time are supposed to have a lot more significant punch mm. and payback uh, I mean that's really something they do stress in the system as well that a miss shouldn't be just lack of forward progress there should be some kind of like twist or right. some it. sort of consequences kind of stop or... doing the session start thing where you yes. actually mark off something that's true too mm-hmm. that would have been Left both Matthew and I stuck with that last one for what two or three sessions Matthew nine yeah. years <laughs> like, well, I just but I absolutely understand why you wild. did that because otherwise that makes the story know, more interesting yeah, yeah but also fun. like it was it was gonna get too cluttered with all these things that we were yeah. introducing for the for yeah. the <laughs> scope of a short run game. Uh, although absolutely, yeah. Probably you and Matthew would like to hear that other play by the apocalypse games mm-hmm. uh give you experience on a missed roll. Mm. Oh, wow, God, so you guys would have powered up a <laughs> We would have leveled up like three times. Exactly, yeah. man. <laughs> we would, that was we'd be terrible. immortal. Matthew, you really grabbed onto this game and understood the concepts and the rules pretty pretty easily. Um, what what are your thoughts on this? Well, and I think part of that is the fact that with, with some gaming systems, you're looking at a kind of a decision tree, and if then this that the other, mm-hmm. and this really is more of a 
Well, you can suggest, and we, we've talked about this in previous games, when they're like, you can suggest things that are be, then become part of the narrative, which was something that I really enjoyed about Fate. But when we were playing Fate, I felt very self-conscious about my own ability to be, I guess, within the scope of what Brian wanted to do in that game. And weirdly... That was actually much, much, much more intense for me this time because literally I spent most of this game really kind of thinking, well, what the hell? Can I do this? Should I do this? I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to say that. You know, I was very self conscious about how much of that narrative was appropriate and how much of it would be me, you know, slapping Brian's hand away from the rudder of a game <laughs> that he's trying to run. And so burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. Part of the reason that, you know, I, I feel like I grabbed onto this are that the basic structure of it really is just kind of simple mechanical bit of bit of bit, bit of bit of bit. And then the rest of it kind of comes down to well, you can do this, and this is something that, you know, when you share this moment of intimacy, ferbola, 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 you're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, that that I understand. How do I turn that into, you know, character? How do I turn that into drama? And really, at that point, you're just improving. Yeah. But uh, that, I think, is also the thing that's frustrating. That I think that is the thing. And Sam said it best. It's very, very nebulous, very diaphanous, very much a game where... Okay, so here's the deal. I'm in the real life uh, many times just an ineffectual middle management suck up who never really knows what's going on. And sometimes that's, you know, really great, but it's not necessarily something that you want in a game. So that I think is probably my big downside of it is I f I had a lot of points in this game where I kind of felt like I was just going, "Ooh, what do I do now?" And I, you know, I, I really enjoyed seeing what, especially what you guys were doing in character. I feel like everybody had a lot of really fascinating stuff going on in their character. And I really love just listening to you guys. Ma dearest, <laughs> that was amazing. And every word out of Rodrigo's mouth, he's a bad man and he scares me. <laughs> well, so. Rodrigo, many, many times in this game, you, um, you made references to uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about you know what you thought was very much alike Urban Shadows and and uh, Masquerade and and maybe not alike so maybe listeners can understand a little bit more what you're talking about there? Sure. Um, let's see. So Vampire the Masquerade tabletop is actually meant to be a actually way more cooperative mm -hmm. than what we were doing here. There was a fair amount of like. Uh, push and pull between the players, whereas Masquerade especially kind of says, you know, you're a bunch of you're a bunch of baby vampires, and all the elders want to eat you, so you have to band together, and then you kind of go from there. Mm. Um, in Vampire LARPs, that actually tends to not be the case because you want that sort of like disbanded play style where everybody's kind of off doing their own thing and. Um, you know, instead of having five players, you have 10 players. And so, uh, Steven would go talk to Sam's player and then he would leave from there and go talk to Matthew's or go talk to Sam and then go talk to Matthew and then go talk to Zach and then go talk to Ashley. Um, and 
the game master or group of game masters would kind of weave the story from that. And that's a, a little bit closer to what this is. Um, mechanically speaking, it's very different. Right. Uh, Vampire is actually a very crunchy system. Um, you have uh, like nine attributes, like 20 abilities. And mm-hmm. every most of the roles you make are going to be a combination of those. Plus then there are however many disciplines with five levels of each. And so there's all those little mechanical interactions. You know, you roll initiative, you fight, you take extra actions, you do this or that. Compared to this, it's a lot, it's way more structured. Um, But I I feel that this game was also borrowing heavily from the lore of Vampire the Masquerade. This game is very comfortable with a vampire player, and Requiem too, um, with a player from vampire walking in and being like oh yeah it's like i'm playing a vampire so the vampire already comes equipped with all the things that are actually pretty hard to do in masquerade which is to like build that network of informants and stuff it's like Mm -hmm. the the urban shadows vampire just walks into game with it which is nice um but the vamp is a very is very much a, a like a vampire the masquerade um like info broker type. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that um, that you are okay with being the the big bad in the game, Rodrigo. Because mm-hmm. after those sides were pretty much chosen up there at the Goblin Market, I I you know just as a player, I was concerned because it's like I don't want Rodrigo to feel bad that we're all ganging up on him. He was loving it. I'm sure. But, I mean, set but you know, I was concerned up. about other, you know, other players' feelings. Are they? Yeah. Is this going to turn them off of the game or not? Not make them want to play the game? And you know, fortunately, mm-hmm. we didn't have to use the X card, which was, um, you know, to me introduced in this game of this yeah. idea of if you don't like a direction something's going or something's making you uncomfortable, you hold up your X card and we just move on to something else and and don't even do that but yeah. man i i came kind of close to saying do we really want to do this with the players fighting players i'm not super comfortable <laughs> with this oh you but, don't have no um, idea how I'm, many times i considered just flipping yeah. honestly <laughs> yeah. i you, I was concerned when everybody seemed to be like, yeah, let's go beat up the proxy instead oh, of... Oh, I assumed at least one of you was going to betray me. Yeah. <laughs> I considered it I, multiple I considered times. It. There, was a, there was an after-game discussion where um, it was after... Oh, it was after um, uh, Klaus drove JD3 home after after that meeting where everything was kind of lined up about what was going on. Uh, I, I, it didn't happen, but afterwards I was like, I was really close to ending that episode with JD going to the phone book and looking up soul soul and yep. then just ending it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like among things I, I, I considered, um, was mostly the people I was, I was actually by far most concerned about, uh, you, Steven, um, <laughs> like I, up until like the very last minute, I thought there was a possibility you'd pull those shears on Alana. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, the if my uh, JD's plan or my plan would have been take the shears, go after the brother, bring in, and that would have gotten me some power, but then bring in the big bad because we attacked his 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 beloved brother, and at that point we trapped him in a circle and then just drained him of all of his power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to eat his brother at one point. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, also I mean, there was no, there was no like point that I was going to, to side with the devil. Yeah, because that's just I, wrong, people. 
I, I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, he makes a, he makes a strong bargain. I thought you would. I thought you were going to go, you know the, what? I, the main reason that I didn't was because I, I almost, I think, very rashly added him to my call. <laughs> and at that point, I felt like it was uh, afterwards, I'm like, man, I don't think that that was not a well thought out move. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, that was, I'm in that character. Was a, that was an interesting move because... It actually was very much in character. It was solid, mm-hmm. but I feel like it did close that and actually a couple other potential things mm-hmm. out. So I, I mean, that always happens with player decisions and in in things where like the the game master has to step back and sort of let the players sort things out. <laughs> those decisions actually impact the game in, even more strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you know when you talk about Stephen, this idea that. You know, it's going to be players messing with other players and are people going to feel bad? That actually puts the game master in a a very crucial role because they have to arbitrate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whereas if the game master puts a dragon in front of you and then says, oh, the dragon has this thing where he heals, you know, 20 points of damage all the time and it kills all the players and the players are like, ah, fooey, stupid dragon. Right, right, right. Brian, why'd you run that, right? (laughs) But if the game master doesn't uh, arbitrate something fairly, it's actually worse, right? You feel yeah. cheated right, because right. here's another person who should be getting the exact same deal as you, but you know for whatever reason, the game master sided with them or they didn't allow you to fully express what you wanted to do or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's actually right. it actually puts a lot of pressure on the game master to be as fair as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, Any other thoughts or reactions about this game? I think that it really showcases how versatile Rodrigo is as a player (laughs) to have rolled with that and said, okay, well, yeah, okay, I'm the villain now. But still stayed at a point where it's like you never hated the proxy. You ne- uh, at least I never hated the proxy. Well, right. I mean, and that's kind of po- the point of the game, right? Is you're supposed to be building these relationships mm-hmm. so that you can get these debts and acquire these debts so that, you know, at yeah. the very last moment, all the proxy has to do is say, Ian, Klaus, Alana, you all owe me. Take down this old man. You know, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's all he, ha- you know, would have to do. And so that's the whole, the whole process. Right. And what I found, I mean, the, the, the oddest thing was that in this game was that at no point did the professor and Clou- and uh, the professor and the proxy, oh, both start with a P. Hmm. <laughs> uh, did they the ever professor proxy now? Did, did yes. they ever meet? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's until the final until scene. the final scene. Right. <laughs> that was and, then, and that's so great because then the ending is so much worse. <laughs> yes. And that oh, that did work out. That did work oh, yeah. out really well. But yeah, the yeah. whole time I was thinking like, man. I just have to like figure out like if there was one person that I can get on my side is this literal actual Faust that's running <laughs> yeah. around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. All right. Well, everyone, there you go. That is Urban Shadows, the Haze of Shadows, run by Brian Bergdahl. Congratulations, Brian, on that. That was yeah, a good lot job. of fun. Yes. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And I hope that uh, you listeners enjoyed it as well. You can, of course, send us questions at podcast at majorspoilers.com. And uh, we'll be back next week with something. I, I, I really don't know what's what's coming back next time. Uh, I, all I can <laughs> we'll say is I hope later. that our dice rolls are critical hits. <laughs> 
<laughs> this podcast is copyright 2018 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 